It's a good morning from Decrypt Media. This is the Decrypt Daily. Today on the show, Bitcoin just got harder to mine. How much does it cost in your state? Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, October 24th, 2022. Remember, it's October 24th. And if you are anywhere in the Midwest, we had like the best weekend. 75, sunny every single day. It was gorgeous. I don't know the weather anywhere else in the East Coast, the West Coast, the South Coast, the North Coast. But over here in the Midwest, it was absolutely amazing. I hope you had a great weekend. Let's take a look at those crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 10.46 a.m. Eastern, Daylight Savings Time. Still Daylight Savings, huh? Bitcoin is in at $19,235, up 0.2% in 24, down 1.5 in 7. And we have some Bitcoin news, by the way. Bitcoin mining difficulty jumped another 3.4% on Sunday, hitting a new all-time high of 36.835 trillion hashes. It's not the biggest increase lately. The last increase was 14%, but this is still significant making it harder and harder to mine Bitcoin. Basically, making it more competitive to get those yummy Bitcoins. Now, where you live does influence the profitability of mining Bitcoin. For example, the electricity cost in Ohio to mine one Bitcoin is around $14,600. I mean, there's cheaper places like North Carolina, $13,000. Oregon, $13,000. Washington, $13,000. But if you go all the way to Hawaii... It's around $63,000 to mine one Bitcoin in energy costs, which basically tells you there is nobody mining in Hawaii. Some of the most cost-effective places actually are on the East Coast to mine Bitcoin. West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, all pretty cost-effective. I wouldn't move there to mine Bitcoin because Ohio is not that bad in electricity costs. So if you want to check out the energy costs to mine one Bitcoin in your state, you just click the link in the show notes. Ethereum is $1,330, up 1.5% in 24. Teller's number three, USDC is number four, and Binance is number five at 272. Seriously, it's always 272. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. Uh, One of these days that's going to change, and I'm going to be caught doing multiple edits because I'm stuck in that pattern. The total market cap is up 0.5% in 24. It's at $926.5 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 39.9, an F dominance of 17.6. And we have some more price news from Axie Infinity's token, AXS. It's lost nearly 22% of its value, and it has a market cap of $830 million, down from about $1.13 billion just a couple days ago. The primary driving force behind the downfall of AXS is because, well, they're going to drop a lot more tokens onto the market. Today, they're planning to unlock and distribute private investors' tokens. Axie Infinity's private investors will receive nearly 21.54 million AXS. That's around 8% of its total supply, 
or $186 million. Basically, these investors purchased AXS token for $0.08 cents in 2020. They're going to get around 11,000% back on their investment. So what does that mean? Some quick back-of-the-napkin math. You put $1,000 in there, you have $110,000. So are you going to dump on the market? <laughs> I know I will um, if my tokens were unlocked. But what would you do? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Moving into our headlines, Freeway, it's a company that boasted 40% returns. Well, they halted services citing volatility in the market. FWT is their token, and it plunged 70% in value on this news. So what did this company and this token and this ecosystem do? Well, it allowed users to buy superchargers, which would stimulate a range of cryptocurrencies. And hollers could receive daily rewards for these supercharged cryptocurrencies with a total possible return of up to 43%. So, they halt withdrawals. Now they're like, hey, you want 43% return? Well, here's what you have to do. You have a 20% basic annual return, and then you can boost the annual rewards token in various loyalty incentives. And the first incentive involves users getting a set of 30-day notice periods on any sale of their superchargers. If they do that, it's 10% return. And you can get another 10% return by hodling a certain number of freeway tokens. Basically, let me just break this down to you. They stop withdrawals, their token plunges, <laughs> and then they say, hey, we'll give you 43% returns if you, uh, you know, with the basic returns, and then if you don't sell anything and you start putting more money and aping into our ecosystem again. Uh, I'm not saying this is a duck, but this is definitely a duck, and we know what duck means in this podcast, right? If it looks like a duck, it talks like a duck. This is definitely something that you should probably stay away from. So there was a multi-million dollar phishing scam that hit FTX users uh, through application programming interfaces, which we usually call APIs. But on Sunday evening, Sam Bankman-Fried tweeted that he's prepared to pay back up to $6 million for FTX users affected by the exploit. But he said, this is an only one-time thing. We'll do it. And to be clear, it's only going to be paying back people who had FTX accounts. Hopefully other exchanges will comp their users as well. But this is not precedent. He wants to make sure everybody knows that he will not do this again just willy-nilly. This was an API exploit that had nothing to do with the accounts and users. FTX, as a result, disabled the APIs to these suspicious activities and told users to create new ones. The ongoing saga of OpenSea's head of product, Nate Chastain, who has been charged with wire fraud and money laundering. If you guys remember back in the summer of 21, he was responsible for deciding which NFTs would be featured on the exchange's homepage. Prosecutors alleged and claimed that Chasten had set up a wallet address to hold the NFTs and funnel profits back to himself. The indictments against Nate Chastain is, in fact, moving forward. NFT Gated Luxury Villas. They're going to be brought to you by a company called AGIA International. And it claims that they're going to sell 60 ultra-luxurious villas and pavilions, and they're only going to be sold via NFTs. Where do you think this is going to be? Well, it's going to be on an island. What island do you think? Well, it's the Fire Festival's island. And the Fire Festival island is being turned into an enclave for crypto millionaires. These villas and these pavilions will range anywhere from 1,000 square feet to 6,500 square feet. And if you want to be on the allow list just to purchase the NFT or to purchase one of these, it's going to cost you $10,000. These properties are going to range anywhere from $1.5 million to $5 million. And the final news of today 
we have Gavin Wood, the founder of Parity Technologies, the company behind Polkadot. Well, he is stepping down as the firm's CEO. This move is reportedly Gavin Wood's own volition due to his feeling that serving as chief executive has limited his ability to pursue eternal happiness. This is not the first CEO in the crypto space to step down. No, no, no. We have a lot of uh, executives stepping down this year. FTX.us's president stepped down. CEO of Celsius stepped down. Eh, she, he probably should be in jail, actually, not just stepping down. CEO of Kraken, Jesse Powell, stepped down. MicroStrategy CEO, Michael Saylor, stepped down. Genesis CEO, Michael Morrow, stepped down. Algorand CEO, Stephen Kokinkos, stepped down. And Alameda Research co-CEO, Sam Trabuco, stepped down. Most of them resigned with some sort of statement saying that we have to look at our eternal happiness. And now this is when I put on my tinfoil hat. Either A, now tinfoil hat means this is a conspiracy theory that I'm totally making it up with no evidence right now. Just on the spot. But either A, they're all fearing regulations and the SEC or the CFTC slamming them with some sort of violation of securities or some kind of trading, whatever, whenever some law comes out and they all know it. So they're just kind of like backing off. Or B, they're going to join Brian Armstrong with extension of life research and they're all going to upload their consciousness into the cloud and live on the blockchain. Do you think I nailed it? Let me know. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. And if you're listening on Spotify, click them five stars. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.